Hello, everybody. Welcome or welcome back to BNB Anime. Also, welcome or welcome back to the latest installment of Anime Island, the show where I, your glorious, gracious host, Brad Guerin, strand my illustrious guest onto a deserted island where they will be able to be stuck with three different anime of their choosing, along with, you know, bare necessities like food, water, all that stuff. I'm not that much of a heartless asshole. And on top of the three anime, they will get a book, a film, an album, and a video game of their choice. Because again, I am a gracious host. I'm not going to strand them there with absolutely nothing. What do you people take me for? My guest for today is a great friend of mine. Dude has a magnificent beard, a voice that I am very jealous of. And he's genuinely one of the best Call of Duty players that I know. Dude's great. He's fantastic. With me today, JStorm2020, or as pretty much all of the friend group calls him, J motherfucking Storm. John, how are you? Doing great, Brad. How are you? I am well, sir. I am well, sir. Thank you for joining me on this debacle. How are you enjoying your stay on the island so far? Uh, it's a little hot, a little humid, nothing I'm not accustomed to in my everyday life. Uh, I, I get that. I get that. You and I are from very similar climates so i i try to get it as close to home as possible again i don't want you feeling homesick while you're there you're going to be stuck there for a very very long time so i just sorry about that i'm used to entertaining myself it'll be all right oh well good good i'm i'm glad every all of the accommodations are up to par then so mr j storm yes tell us about yourself well I am 34 years old. I am a variety streamer on Twitch. Uh, it's kind of my hobby. Uh, my day job is very different from that. I actually work in construction, uh, mainly commercial HVAC. Um, that's, that's so what, me. what got you into construction? What, what brought you into that field? Uh, not doing well in primary school. <laughs> Oh, see, I, I get that. I get that. School was never my thing either. I don't know if it was the ADHD. I don't know if it's just because I'm lazy. I'm not sure. All I know is if I didn't have to do homework, I could have been a straight A student. But, you know, whenever homework is almost the entirety of my grade, I failed a lot of science classes. Yeah, same. I've I've always been a very much uh, hands-on learner. I have mm -hmm. a very mechanical mind. So I can look at things and understand how they work. But if you tell me to sit down and read something or if you just throw, you know, formulas, equations, rule sets at me, I'm not going to understand it. Yeah. And, and that was where I struggled in school. Completely understandable. Completely understandable. I'm kind of very similar, at least whenever it comes to just throwing random shit at me. Now, granted, if I had a teacher that was really passionate about that subject, I get sucked into passion. Passion is something that just has the ability to ignite me oh, in yes. just whatever it is. And which is one reason why I wanted to start this particular spinoff podcast is because I want to learn about all the people around me and what anime they're passionate about. And just what drives them, what gets them, like, what's their favorite things about it? What don't they like about anime or animation as a whole? Just what makes them tick? That's the whole reason I wanted to do this. I totally understand that. It's it's it's, it's the fascination of both uh, hyperfixation and just pure interest and intrigue. 
Mm -hmm. And just something about that is just so alluring. And so I, at least that's the way it is for me. Like the more passionate about something someone is, I'm like, I'm in gib, just gib. (laughs) And and that, that really is one of the most interesting things is when you meet somebody and you get them to hit that one open spot of something they're truly passionate about. And they just go into a deep dive Mm -hmm. of, you know, why they're interested in how they're interested in all these technical, you know, the, the industry jargon about it. And you just see them light up and come alive Mm -hmm. in their explanations of it. Yeah. There's something about that. That's just heartwarming in a sense, Mm -hmm. because again, you could get a complete stranger and them just seem kind of cold. But the second you get them just on the subject of something they absolutely love, that's whenever you see their true colors and just like how they are. And that, I love that. I love that with every fiber of my being. Right. <laughs> All right. So you said you are a variety streamer. What, what got you into streaming? Why, why streaming? Well, like I said, I'm, I'm 34 years old. I'm kind of on the older side of Twitch streaming. And I grew up, well, not grew up, early 20s or so, watching these Call of Duty montages on YouTube and these tips and tricks videos from people like Woody's Gamer Tag and T Martin. Um, <clears throat> you know, watching the Call of Duty championships with the Optic Gaming and, you know, just seeing all these content creators doing what they love and you know i've always loved video games since i was very young Mm -hmm. and seeing them being able to you know make a living doing what they love and i always found that really fascinating and i tried way way back in the day when when you know you when twitch was never even thought of Mm -hmm. say this was 13 years ago and I tried to start making YouTube videos and I just couldn't get it to work. I just I didn't have a game plan, didn't have the personality, wasn't there. Mm. Then I went a very long time without having a computer that could keep up with modern titles or streaming in general. And then that changed. Mm. Uh, I was able to get my hands on a decent PC and I was like, you know what? Fuck it. We're doing this. <laughs> this is like a lifelong dream of being able to play video games for a living and talk to people and find interesting people to spend time with. Mm-hmm. And that just barrel rolled into what I do today, which is go live playing some random game that I'm interested in at that at the time mm-hmm. and talking to people. Yeah, I I get that. I I too have been down the YouTube train and those videos will never be found again. <laughs> but Actually, I, I, I I think I the, the three videos I think I made back when I was 22, 23, somewhere around there, mm-hmm. they have since been purged from the internet. Nobody go looking for them. That that entire channel was completely purged and deleted. So that there is no evidence of that. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I, I get that completely. I did YouTube back before, I think it was like my senior year of high school. I started it and I was like, oh, okay, this is cool. Like, I think I got up to a hundred subscribers or something like that. And then I was like, mm, nah, <clears throat> not for me. But then I got my PS4 and I was like, oh, you can stream off of this thing. Mm-hmm. All right, sick. And that's why next month is going to be my eight year anniversary on Twitch. Oh, wow. God, I feel like I've been on the platform too long. 
No. But with, with that being said, though, it is because of that platform and a mutual friend of ours, Bonk Bink Bonk, that we have been brought together. Yes, sir. Yeah. And so. Big shout out to Bonk. Just, huge shout out to Bonk. I actually interviewed Nick last week. Yeah. Yeah. I heard so his. That. His episode will be going up like two weeks before yours. This one should be going up the first Wednesday of May. Ooh. So I'm trying to backlog as many episodes as possible. That way, in case shit were to hit the fan, I'm kind of covered. Right. That's but actually also, really close um, to my birthday. Oh, hey, look at that. Birthday episode. Yes. Hell yeah. All right. So this is an anime podcast. To some extent, this, like I said, this was really just an excuse for me to shoot the shit about anime with the homies, but (laughs) primarily anime, kind of. So with that being said, what got you into anime? What was your first anime? So we're going to set the scene here. All right. Setting the scene, dimming the lights. It is late 90s, a young Jay Storm living in Virginia. Get home from school during the weekdays throw it on my backpack. Of course, I'm not doing homework. What am I, a nerd? Exactly, exactly. All right, sick. And I sit down to watch those late afternoon cartoons. You know, the the good originals. Pokemon comes on. We're watching that. Which, by the way, I don't consider Pokemon an anime. I'm just going to throw that out there. Uh, I get that. The <laughs> I, They just Americanized Pokemon so much. They really did. And a lot of the stuff like that, they Americanized to death. Yu-Gi-Oh! The Shadow Realm? Nah, fam. Those people yeah. were dead. Yeah, no. Fuck. I, I, <laughs> I hated the, the Yu-Gi-Oh! series. I, I, Pokemon I loved, but like I said, I don't I don't consider that anime. Mm-hmm. But then that led into watching a show called Reboot, which was all CG. I don't know if you remember that one. It was uh, basically... I have like very faint memories of that. With you mentioning it, like that was completely purged from my brain. You just opened up a filing cabinet. <laughs> oh, dude, that that was my jam back in those days. Like the, the entire concept of the show is that their main characters are technically programs within a computer. Mm-hmm. And they're going about, they're doing their things inside of this entire town that is the computer. It's all like, you know, been realized and actualized but they all represent components within within a computer and they're fighting against this bad guy called Megabyte. And it is just, it was really interesting the way that they did it. It was, it's kind of what got me interested in computers from the get go. But, mm. but then all of a sudden after Pokemon and reboot would go off, they started showing Dragon Ball Z and there's this new show of these guys who scream episode after episode and they fight and there's drama and honor and you know drive ah and also pride pride yeah and and i was from day one hooked Mm -hmm. on dragon ball z so that 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 was my initial intro to anime and of course i was watching the the old dragon ball z kai series so it's heavily edited i you know there's no blood no cursing completely dubbed so it's like the most american child uh uh, you know not childish but uh what am i trying to say just kind kind of dumbed down version of anime that you can get into Mm. yeah dragon ball was extremely huge whenever it came over here and again i don't know if them americanizing it in some way kind of made it 
like just a hit. I don't know if it was just the time frame or what, but Dragon Ball took the U.S. by storm. Dragon Ball, Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh, Sailor Moon, like all of that played a huge part, I think, in a lot of our childhoods. And especially whenever Adult Swim became a thing. Oh, yeah. That that was a huge part of most of our lives whenever when, that happened. When Adult Swim started playing Dragon Ball Z, that's when I realized how edited the original airings of Dragon Ball Z was back in the late 90s, early 2000s. Oh, yeah. And then also with that, though, do you realize just still how much Dragon Ball Z was edited on Adult Swim versus whenever it came out? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's heavily edited. So have you seen Super at all? I have. I have seen Super. uh, I'm maybe a little behind. As far as I know, I'm, I'm caught up all the way. I've seen all the way through the Broly movie. Okay, so you are 100% caught up. So with that, you know how in Super, Goku was just full on, like, doesn't give a shit about anything but fighting strong people, so much so that, spoilers, he put the entire universe on the fucking line just so he could fight really strong people? Right. That, in the Japanese version of Dragon Ball, was Goku throughout the entire thing. Yeah. Whereas in America... Goku's the hero like he's the strong person who always has to go and like progress and just be just true full-blooded hero family man all that fun stuff right nah fam all the shit that happened in Dragon Ball and the subversion and like the actual writing Mm -hmm. I do just wanted to fight strong people didn't give a shit about anybody else yeah no and and I'm sure a lot of people know this but I'm I'm gonna say it anyways because it just has to be said Dragon Ball was about Goku. Mm-hmm. Dragon Ball Z, as as Akira Toriyama wanted it to be, was supposed to be about Gohan. Gohan was supposed to be the sole focus. Goku was supposed to be there to introduce Gohan to the to the viewers, and then he was supposed to slowly fade out. Like he he was not supposed to be the main character, but he's such a lovable himbo that, mm-hmm. that he just kept. Keeping him around because the fucking viewers couldn't get enough of him. So Gohan is there as a co-main, and that that's why Gohan kind of fades out after you get done with uh with the the the, the cell saga. He kind of mm-hmm. he does this little say a man thing, and then he just kind of fades. And then they they start bringing in Goten and Trunks, trying to make them the main. But no, Goku and Vegeta, hundred percent. They're they're always going to be the mains because they're so loved by the fan base. And, but they weren't supposed to be. Yeah. And Vegeta, as he should be. Yeah. Vegeta's <laughs> the real main character. Because at the end of the day, dude has more growth than I think pretty much everybody else in the show combined. Piccolo, maybe you could make an argument for. Maybe. But honestly, you know, my unpopular opinion, Vegeta has more character growth between the Saiyan Saga and the Cell Saga. I'm sorry, mm. the Saiyan saga and the end of the Cell saga than most characters in any media that exist. Oh, 100%. And it's something that I don't think I truly appreciated as a child whenever Dragon Ball Z was airing. But the Boo saga, whenever Vegeta sacrificed himself for mm. everyone trying to defeat Boo. Yeah. I, I don't know if I appreciated it that much as a child, but now as an adult... Like, that can get me teary-eyed thinking about that. Like, just the growth. Yeah. 
that man had and what he was willing to do. Like, that's awesome. Like, and I'll tell you, big props. Speaking of his growth, something that hit me really hard because, like, I, I, I was a grown ass man when Dragon Ball Super started. You know, I was already mm-hmm. in my 30s, been married for uh, now almost 13, 13 years. Mm-hmm. My wife's going to slap me at some point. Don't worry, over thir- over sure. 13 years. We've been married over 13 years. Okay, um, so I won't send this directly to her after we're done recording. Yeah, all right, all right, please. sick. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> but as uh, seeing Vegeta's response, to, again, spoiler, to Bulma being slapped by Beerus, his just pure rage that came out, that, you know, that love that he tried to hide from everybody else that he just couldn't help but show the moment that she's put in peril mm-hmm. is something that I related to on an emotional level. And it, it like it, that one scene really stuck with me just that, you know, uh, I have to be the big strong man. You know, it's, it's the way I was raised. You know, you have to be manly. You have, you know, you don't show emotion you're strong at all costs, but then that break, when mm-hmm. she got hit and yeah, that, that, that is character growth that you can't replicate in many other ways. Oh, 100%. I 100% stand behind that. It's, it's very unparalleled, especially in Shonen, but also like even modern day Shonen, you don't get a whole lot of that. Now the newer Shonen with like my hero and demon slayer, Character growth is kind of a necessary thing. You could get away with very little of it in the 90s, but still seeing that, like, it's very ahead of its time compared to, you know, a lot of the other stuff going on at the time. Oh, yeah. All right. So, what is your first offering for what I will burn onto a DVD for you? Okay. Um, Since it's my first love if I can't choose the entire Dragon Ball universe, then I'd have to just say the Dragon Ball Z series. No, no. I gave Nickel Mode the entire series, so I will offer the same to you. I I will take the entire Dragon Ball universe series, including GT. Just I don't give a fuck if it's not canon. GT exists. Gotta have it. All right. So, are you ready to stand upon a hill that you're willing to die on? Look, I'm not saying that GT is the greatest. I'm saying that it exists. Mm-hmm. It was put out as a Dragon Ball show. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to... I will stand here and say that I am a huge Dragon Ball fan. I love mm-hmm. it with all my heart. And to say that, I have to accept that GT exists. And if I'm going to say I want the entire Dragon Ball universe series, however you want to, movies included, if if I'm going to phrase it that way, GT's coming too. Mm-hmm. I mean, so that wasn't the hill I was going to make you die on. The one I was going to make you die on is what's better, GT or Super? Super, by far. Agreed. <laughs> They're like that. That's not even a question to me. I will. I will fucking die on that hill and argue it day in and day out with <laughs> anybody who wants to come at me. Super is a hundred times the superior of GT. Hands yeah. down. Full stop on that. 
So twitch.tv forward slash jstorm2020 if you want to have this debate in stream. By the way, you can you can come for this, man. I get it enough <laughs> as it is. <laughs> oh, you, you can come for me on that one. I, I, I Like I said, I will fight tooth and nail. You cannot change my mind. This is not one of those, you know, supers better change my mind. You're not changing my mind. There's yeah. nothing anybody can say. <laughs> oh, no, I, I 100% get that. And for me, I very much feel the same way. If anything, to me, I believe Super is the most superior version of Dragon Ball, period. Just because, for me, I care about the storytelling of finally seeing Goku how he's supposed to be. And also, I get a kick out of the fact that there's barely any filler in it. So good job on that. <laughs> yeah, I, I will say that there there's... The, the better part of probably 40 episodes in Dragon Ball Z that when I do go back and watch, I'll just skip over just because fuck it. Who cares? But when I watch Dragon Ball Super, there's three. There's three episodes that I skip completely out mm-hmm. of the entire 100, 120 plus. It's 131. 131. Out of 131 episodes, I skip three. And that's only because they're just pure filler. There's nothing going on in them. They they don't affect the story at all. So is one of those filler the Errol episode? Yes. You see, I enjoyed that just because of the Dragon Ball throwback. I'm, I'm, so, I'm not saying it's not a pass. I, I agree. I'm not saying it's not a good episode. I'm just saying when I go back and rewatch and I'm just looking for the Dragon Ball Super story, yeah. that episode gets skipped. Yeah, I I get that 100%. And that's also the reason why Dragon Ball Z Kai was made, was to cut out all the filler of Dragon Ball Z. So I kind of get that. Filler is a big problem in Shonen in general, but especially like the big three or the big four, depending on how you want to view the big three of Shonen from like the early 2000s. So with that being said, what about Dragon Ball? Because I realize it was one of those things that just kind of took you. But what what about it is the reason why you would want to bring that with you on this island? It's it's a really good mix of emotion, comedy, and action. Like you're gonna get you know Goku being goofy and Krillin and Yamcha dying. Like it, it, it looking at them now, especially after watching through like Dragon Ball Z abridged, which is another one of my loves. It's just the most hilarious fucking thing on YouTube. Same. The Krillin owned count is still going. Yes, it is. <laughs> but, but Krillin is, you know, even when he tries to be serious, he's funny. Uh, Piccolo stepping in to, to, you know, to raise Gohan when Goku died at the very beginning. Like that's, that's emotional shit that you don't see in a lot of other media. Mm. And you know, you get that, that drama the whole way through the series, you get that, you know, that action because there's constantly fights going on, even when they're, Oh, Hey, look, we're going to have a relaxing day. Oh shit. Dinosaurs. It, (laughs) there's always something. Mm. And the, the world building behind it, of course, is also top notch because it's never explained whether or not, you know, aliens have always been here in this universe, whether they came and you know, now we have dog people and fish people walking around. None of that's ever explained. This world just exists and you accept it. It's written so well that you just accept that's how this world is. And mm-hmm. it just fucking goes. And it, I mean, Akira Toriyama is one of the greatest creators 
of our generation and uh, his his stories have just they've stuck with me since i was you know the two-thirds of my life now mm. and it just i can still watch them back to back to this day yeah i will agree with you on that toriyama is without a doubt one of the greatest creators of our lifetime and in the anime genre in general now one thing i will say is for as brilliant as that man is he is also incredibly fucking lazy Oh, yes, absolutely. So stubborn as a fucking mule. Oh, without a doubt. Also forgetful. (laughs) Yeah. One thing that drives me nuts. All right. You know, who one of my favorite characters of all time in the Dragon Ball franchise is. I'm going to read your mind. Launch. Yep. (laughs) God, it's fucking launch. I'm so sad. And then in Dragon Ball Z, he forgot he that she fucking exists and she was a huge part of dragon ball now granted what could she have done in dragon ball z super gt and all that other than be comedic relief nothing hey, but but you know what comedic relief especially during like the middle of the saiyan saga would have been fucking great to see her launch a rocket at napa would have been like the greatest thing that could have happened there right any of that would have been absolutely amazing and it uh it's so frustrating that she got forgotten about also do you know the story as to why toriyama changed the hair color on super saiyan uh oh i've i've heard this before but it's escaping me right it, didn't he like leave a colored pencil somewhere or something no he got tired of having to fill Goku's hair in black. So he created <laughs> Super Saiyan because in the manga, it's just white with the black outline. Right. So dude just got tired of filling it in. So he's like, fuck it. Bam. <laughs> so it got, the, it got the yellow tint in the anime, I guess, just to give it a little bit more flair. Right. But yeah, that's, that's why. He's just too damn lazy. <laughs> it's just like, fuck it. But you know what? You, you have to admit if he'd have shown up for animation one day and forgotten his fucking black pencil or something, it would have been totally on par. I mean, yeah, like <laughs> I, I would have accepted it regardless, but just hearing that that was his reasoning why he just got tired because Goku was the focal point yeah. of Dragon Ball Z. So he's just like, ah, I'm tired of filling this in. All right. White. <laughs> I love that so yeah. much. It, it pleases me to no end. <laughs> So yeah, I figured I would. I figured I'd ask that question because again, anytime Dragon Ball is brought up, I'm just such a huge fan, huge oh, yeah. nerd, whenever it comes to it. Yeah. So I like to pick people's brains on it and get their thoughts on it because everybody has differing opinions between Super and GT, and everybody has different favorites, like as far as who their characters are and why. Mm-hmm. So it, it's always nice just to sit down and chit chat Dragon Ball with people. Oh yeah, I, I can talk about it for hours. It, it's I mean, we're going on, oh, wow, 22 years that I've been watching Dragon Ball. Mm. And it's, it's like I said, it's still one of my great loves. Oh, without a doubt. So to whenever it comes to that, I too grew up with Dragon Ball. And if anything, if it tells you anything, one of my earliest memories that I have, I remember going to Blockbuster when that was a thing. I'm, I'm sure you remember Blockbuster as well. Yeah. <laughs> I remember going to Blockbuster every Friday 
and choosing between Sailor Moon and Dragon Ball, which one I wanted to rent for the weekend. Yep. And I had to choose one VHS because I couldn't choose both. By the way, children that listen to this, also children listen to this. Why the fuck are you listening to this? <laughs> but anyway, VHS tapes were a thing. You had to rewind the bitches yep. before you returned them because, you know, nobody wants shit spoiled. Be kind. Please rewind. Did you have one exactly. of those? Uh, did you have a dedicated rewinder? No. Oh, no. I had to remember to rewind those bitches and I got ADHD. Oh, no, no, no. We, we had. <laughs> okay. So you have your VCR to actually play them. Yeah. And then we pop them out and then there was an actual dedicated rewinder. Like that, that was his whole job. You little thing. It, it's uh, it, just a little bit bigger than the cassette itself. You or the VHS itself, you slip it in there, close it, hit the button, it rewinds it to the, to the beginning. You see, didn't have one of those, although towards the end of it, the VHS's live, Friday's DVDs were rolling out. We were too poor to afford DVD players at the time. So, but we did get a VCR that did have the automatic rewinder in it. So as soon as the credits would finish rolling and it would shut down, you'd hear it go, Urgh. And then start rewinding. That was at least handy. <laughs> yeah, you could just sit there and listen to the film just spinning through it. And I'm like, sick. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah, so I clearly remember going and either having to choose between like the Lord Slug movie or whatever Sailor Moon film oh, yes. was out at the time. Dude, I, I remember there was a time where me and a couple of friends had uh, one of my friend's uncle was into dragon ball as well. Mm -hmm. And this is to touch back on GT. We would wait because he worked at a video store and every week he would bring home a new, uh, GT movie or a GT VHS. Mm -hmm. They would have, you know, what, four or five episodes on it. Yeah. And we'd sit there and binge watch it over and over and over through the weekend, learning all the dialogue, learning all the moves and go out, out, reenacting that shit out in the backyard <laughs> and then we you know get all hyped for next weekend when the next one's coming back and just you know fond memories fond memories of that <laughs> god i miss those days because i i was very similar like i could do all the hand movements of trunks's burning attack and yeah. all that shit like god that was ah oh, those were the days oh the the arguments on the hand positioning of uh vegeta's gallic gun Oh yeah, because everybody not, thought they turned, were or one hand's turned or not, or if it was an animation mistake, the arguments we used to have over that. Oh yeah. Oh my god. God, those those were the days. Yeah. All right. So, with your first choice being out of the way, you were also allowed to bring a book. So, what book will you bring with you? Single book. Yes, a book. A book. I'd, I'd have to go with Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Mm. So what about that book is why you would take that one in particular with you? I read Mary Shelley's Frankenstein for the first time when I was nine. Mm -hmm. And it was forced on me by an English teacher. And I was, oh my God, it's such a big book. I didn't want to read it. I read like the first chapter. We had it. We had the entire school year to read it, mm -hmm. and I read the first chapter, and it just wasn't clicking. I didn't touch it again for maybe another four or five months. Mm -hmm. 
And then I realized that we only had like three months left in the school year and I still had about <laughs> 450, 500 pages to get through. Oh God. <laughs> so I pick it back up and I don't know what it, I, I, I honestly can't remember what it was about the second chapter, but something clicked. Mm -hmm. And for the next week, I was inseparable from that book cover to cover reading all the way through it. It just had me completely enthralled. Mm -hmm. I, I, I I brought that book to school with me and I'd read it during breaks. I'd read it while I was eating dinner at night, all the way up until it was time to go to bed. My parents had to come in and pull the book out of my fucking hands. It just, <laughs> it had me completely wrapped up. And it's God, just that's, the, that's such a true sign of a fantastic book. Cause I can relate with that as well. Yeah. It, it was the, the detail that was put into it and into the, you know, every paragraph has, has something going on, you know, the, the character development in it, the descriptions, the, it, it was just so well written. And the, the fact that it's in public domain now is amazing because now it just, anybody can get access to it. Mm -hmm. And it, it was my first love of books. It, it's what got me into the fantasy genre of books that that led into me reading a lot of Anne Rice's stuff, a lot of uh, H.P. Lovecraft. Oh yeah, that's right. Okay, yeah, makes it, sense. It, into H.P. Lovecraft, it got me into uh, going more into you know the the high fantasy stuff like Lord of the mm -hmm. Rings and uh, R. Salvatore, and it. it it, it was just a rabbit hole that never ended until, and, and I'll be completely honest. I haven't actually read a book in probably a decade now, mm -hmm. but back then, if I could get my hands on anything fantasy related or horror genre, it was consumed just, mm. yeah. So do you have a copy of Frankenstein now? I have it tabbed I, I have it bookmarked mm -hmm. on my desktop right now oh hey look I, at that i have a, a direct link to uh the gutenberg project mm -hmm. where it is accessible uh as a public domain mm -hmm. and every once in a while i'll just click over to it and read a couple pages <laughs> so with you having the absolutely majestic voice that you have now Mm -hmm. Have you ever considered doing a story time stream where it's just chatting and you read your favorite book to your lovely community? I have severe ADHD. Well, I wouldn't say severe, but I have elements of ADHD. Mm -hmm. I have actually started recording an audiobook mm -hmm. of Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. I've made it about three chapters in. Mm hmm. And I haven't touched it in over a month and I need to touch it again because that it's something I feel needs to happen. But yes, that, that, that has definitely been considered. <laughs> yeah. I, again, I was just genuinely curious because again, I'm very jealous of your voice. It's very nice. Very soothing. Well, to be completely honest, I haven't always sounded like this. Um, mm -hmm. One of, and I'm actually jealous of you in this regard. One of my great loves growing up was voice acting. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, I grew up watching cartoons on the weekends and, and every day after school and learning who, 
you know, who did the voices of my favorite cartoon characters and idolizing them. I mean, you know, Jim Cummings is a God amongst men, uh, Tara strong. Uh, I, I, I could go on and on just a, a thousand names pop up into my head when I start thinking about it, but mm-hmm. it's something that I've always wanted to get into. And over probably the past two decades, since my voice started to deepen when I hit puberty, I have been working on creating the voice that you hear now. Mm-hmm. Like it, 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 it has become my natural voice as opposed to what I used to sound like. All right. Now, with this being an anime podcast and on the topic of books, I must ask, are you a manga person? I am not. I, 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 I know a lot. There are some people see it as sacrilege to be an anime person, but not a manga person. Hmm. But I just could never get into the written style of anime. Hmm. It, it was just wasn't for me. And I, I get that. I understand that there's the whole, you know, anime community sacrilege of you're either and you're either a manga purist or you're not. And everybody kind of gives each other bad reps and all that other stuff. So I, I get that. I can see both sides. For the longest time, I was very much just an anime person. Mm-hmm. Until I, it was back whenever I first got back into anime in 2016, I ran across an anime called Fuka. It was the first anime that ever got me interested in the music genre of Slice of Life. Mm-hmm. And I watched the show week to week until it ended after 12 episodes. And I was like, I really enjoyed this. I love the soundtrack. I wonder if there's more story. And so I looked up the manga and I was hooked. Because there's just so much story there to be made. And also, the director of the show changed probably one of the most pivotal plot points in the manga to make it suit what he wanted. Right. And so to this day, I still highly regard the show as great, but the manga is hands down one of my favorite manga of all time, because I like the twist that the manga had versus the way the director took it. Right. And so I just adore it to pieces. And so I always like to get people's opinions on it, but also I totally understand not being into it because it's not everybody's forte. Right. Well, and there are. I, I always feel like I should have been into manga. Mm-hmm. Like it just, it never clicked with me, but I've, I always have that, that voice in the back of my head. that's like, you should like this. This is right up your alley because I'm also a huge comic book nerd. Like, mm-hmm. And that was going to be my follow-up question with you not being a fan of manga. Like, are you a comic person per chance? Yes. I, I, I loved comic books growing up. The entire Marvel and DC universe is, I mean, Dark Horse, I, I, I love comic books. I'm actually reading through a comic series right now that was suggested by a friend. It's a it's an indie series. I, I can send you a link to it. It's actually really interesting. Oh, yeah. It's send it my a, way. I'm a big comic book nerd. It's called, uh, oh, hold on, let me actually find it. Uh, nope, not that. Oh, I had it. There we go. <laughs> uh, the Secrets of Soulford, if anybody wants to check that. It's on web, webtoons.com. 
Um, I'll have to I'll have to check that out. I'm a big webtoons fan, but also if it tells you anything, my entire floor of my closet is full upon pull box upon pull box of comics. Yes. <laughs> whether it be Batman, whether it be Harley Quinn, I'm a huge Harley Quinn fan. Like she's a badass. I, growing up, my parents didn't see the value of comic books. Like there mm-hmm. was it was never even thought in their heads of, hey, these might be worth money in the future. Or, hey, this is just something he likes. So they never actually bought me comics. I didn't actually mm-hmm. buy my first comic until I was mid-20s. Oh, it was it was very much the same for me. But I would go with some friends. There was a local comic shop that also had like Magic the Gathering tournaments and Yu-Gi-Oh tournaments and stuff like that. And one of my friends was huge into magic at the time. So he would sit down and play game after game after game. And I'd sit off in the corner and scroll, through, you know, just flip through all the comics that were there, pull some out and read them sitting right there on the floor. The guy didn't, the guy that ran the place didn't care because like we'd buy drinks and stuff. And it was mm-hmm. just, it, he would, in his mind, he was keeping youths off the streets. Yeah, he was giving us a place to stay safe and not to get into trouble. Not that we didn't go and get in trouble afterwards. That's different. <laughs> That's a different podcast, though. <laughs> but but yeah, like I'd I'd spend hours at a time just you know sitting in a corner flipping through the latest Captain America and the latest Batman and like that. That's how I consumed my comics for years. So, what's your favorite comic? My favorite comic book superhero because everything that i've ever consumed in comic form has been superheroes Mm -hmm. so my favorite by far is captain america he's actually who i've modeled my personality afterwards Mm -hmm. Um, and a a lot of my worldview has come from reading captain america comics you know Mm -hmm. the do good help others you know be just that's like that that's just the way I've tried to live my life. Not that I've always succeeded. I'm not saying that at all. Yeah. But that's that's the values that I've come to hold. Um but yeah, de- definitely Captain America. It is it, he always was a big draw for me. That's cool. That's cool. Now, you also get to take an album with you. So, what album are you taking? Oh, that's a tough one. I figured this would be the one that would stump people because music is just such a universal thing that I think pretty much everybody loves and everybody has an artist that they love or one particular song that they love, yeah. but I'm giving you a whole album. Not, not a catalog, right? I can't like, no, no one album. One I'm giving album. you all of Dragon Ball. Just I, one I, album. I, I, I was asking, <laughs> I gotta, I gotta ask. No, 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 no. I, I get it. I 100% agree. Cause there, there are some artists like I'm a huge J pop guy. So if I could take, like, if I ever get interviewed for my own episode of this, I would try to cheese it and try to get Lisa, the artist who does, like, a lot of anime openings, like SAO and whatnot. Yeah. I would try to get her uh, Apple Essentials album, even though that's technically a catalog. But to, uh, I'd try to cheese it that way. But no. So what album? Oh, it's it's a toss up, really. So I have two in my mind. Uh-huh. It's, it's two albums that really mean a lot to me. The first right. one is Avenged Sevenfold Afterlife. Mm-hmm. 
And that's just because that that's the album that really got me into the heavier metal stuff the, or heavier rock stuff, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. The other one is uh, Linkin Park's Hybrid Theory. Oh, all right. And I can't decide, so I'd probably just say give me one of them and whatever you chose. It would be what I was stuck with. <laughs> mm, you know what? Since, since you're so distinctly torn between the two and since this is your episode i'll give you both i'll be nice you are the the scholar amongst men uh yes i i am a gracious overlord whenever it comes to this i i do like to take care of the people that i am purposefully stranding on an island (laughs) fair enough Uh, all right so with album being out of the way, what's going to be your second choice for this? Second anime. You know, I'm going to go specific with this uh-huh. because it's a movie and not a series. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say Princess Mononoke. God, such a good film, man. So good. And it, it's... I, th- that movie has so much history for me mm-hmm. because I was introduced to it by a friend. Uh, I was hanging out at her house and she ended up putting it on and it, it was one of the very early introductions to like true anime for me. Mm-hmm. And then like a month later we're sitting in a class in high school and my teacher is like, "Hey, we don't have any more school." It's like towards the end of the school year. She's like, "Hey, we don't have any work to do today. Y'all don't tell anybody." I'm going to put on a movie, not thinking anything of it. I was like, okay, cool. And I turn around and I start talking to one of my friends and the intro music starts playing. I go, my what? (laughs) And it's fucking princess Mononoke. And I'm like, oh, we're done. I'm here. I'm I'm here for the next two hours. I'm fucking locked in. It's like, so listen, (laughs) I was going to be a heathen. But you, you got me. <laughs> I, I was going to do my normal thing and fuck off for this whole class, like. But you, you got me. You got me. Teach. I'm. I'm. I'm here. I'm here for it. So, are you a Ghibli fan as a whole, or is it just Princess Mononoke in particular? It's it's bits and pieces of Ghibli. Honestly, it, I, nothing mm-hmm. against anybody who's a diehard Ghibli fan, but some of them I just can't get behind. They're just not for me. It's not my style, but the, the main two that I love are going to be princess Mononoke and uh spirited away. God spirited away is without a doubt, my favorite Ghibli film of all time. Mm-hmm. But to me, I, can totally see the allure of princess mononoke it's a fantastic story and i feel like all ghibli films kind of have good life lessons that can kind of be interpreted out of it because a lot of them are kind of geared towards kids right it's in a way as somebody said this to me a, a long time ago but they were like ghibli anime is jap is japanese aesop's fables i can see that and it, that that quote from a, a a really good friend was like, oh, we might have been high at the time, but God, that, <laughs> that just made so much sense to me, and my mind was blown. <laughs> yeah, Ghibli is forever timeless, and not only is it timeless, but the animation on a lot of stuff still holds up to some shit today. Mm-hmm. Like, watch a Ghibli film and then go look up 
Tamayomi's Baseball Girls from last year. Mm-hmm. Night and day difference. A modern day anime that's hot garbage. Good series. <laughs> but the CGI 3D animation on that is hands down one of the worst things that I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah. So do you consider yourself an anime, like an animation person, a soundtrack person? Is it kind of a combination for you among all of them? Um, honestly, I consider myself more of a voice acting person. Mm. Like the, I, I love, and we're, we're just going to keep going back to Dragon Ball Z, but I love hearing the performance differences between the original voice actors in Dragon Ball Z. Mm-hmm. And then hearing Sean Chamel and Chris Sabat do their renditions of it. God, Sabat is Sabat will have a special place in my heart for the yeah. rest of time. It pleases me to no end that he did the voice acting for the character that I'm playing in Tiny Tina's Wonderland. By the way, I, I fangirled <laughs> so fucking hard <laughs> over that. Yeah. I was just gonna sit there and fuck around and find some stupid voice lines to go with, but the second I heard that, I was like. <gasps> give give right now you hear that, that man, raspy rumble and it just locks you in on it <laughs> it's just the dude is timeless whether it be like half of the dragon ball characters or all my from my hero academia yeah or if i find because i'm more of a sub person than a dub person by all means yeah but I'll sometimes just turn on a dub of a random anime just to kind of have on in the background. And the second I hear Sabat going off, I'm like immediately zoned in. I'll be honest. Dragon Ball Z or the Dragon Ball series is the one that I watch dubbed. So I I watch them all subbed. I will agree with you on that. The Dragon Ball dub will forever be far more superior than the sub by any shape form or fashion not discounting the sub team that does it because they're all timeless they're all absolutely amazing and they do good work right it's just for the american audience the voice actors and voice actresses they have now just cannot be beat no not at all and honestly they've since especially in Dragon Ball Super, they have become a lot more true to the original recordings. Mm -hmm. There's not a whole lot of censorship in it. There's not a whole lot of rewriting. I mean, they've actually even, I believe, gone as far as to redo lip flaps in the animation so that they can match the English dialogue to the Japanese dialogue nearly perfectly. Yeah, they... So... Dragon Ball was on such a huge delay whenever they were doing Super to where I think they had just started dubbing it whenever Super was getting ready to wrap up because I was watching Super week to week subbed. Yeah. Because the second Dragon Ball, as soon as I heard that Super was coming out week to week, I was like, fuck it. I've never heard the Japanese dub, but you know what? I'm willing to sit through it because I'm not getting anything spoiled for Super, period. I I, I, I did this specifically on purpose i watched super week to week on crunchyroll as it was coming out subbed Mm -hmm. and then as soon as it finished i went back and watched dubbed all the way through i need to (laughs) i just find it so hard to watch other shows outside of like what i'm covering on the podcast week to week right unless it's 
the weeklies that are kind of coming out week to week. Yeah. Like with this past anime season, we had Attack on Titan, Demon Slayer, and My Dress Up Darling, which was a huge sleeper hit that you'll hear me and Nick not shut up about. <laughs> the like we set aside Sunday nights to where I had to have the podcast done by 7 p.m. so we could watch those three shows, just mm-hmm. the episodes that drop week to week. Mm-hmm. And then outside of that, like I, I barely finished between gaming with y'all and trying to get done what we watch on a week to week basis to where I can barely do it, but I want to, I want to go back and watch it so bad. Yeah. See what you need to do, Brad, you need to do what I do. Mm -hmm. Saturday and Sunday mornings. I set aside a couple of hours for J time. I, I load up a single player game or something to occupy my hands Mm-hmm. And on my other monitor, I have some type of show playing that I've been wanting to watch. And I just, I spend time in my own head. It's, 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 it's my peace time. You see, I try that, but also there's this magical thing called Elden Ring that requires 100% of my focus. <laughs> but see, see, I I found a way around that too, because yes, there is time or there are times to go and run through Elden Ring and progress the story, but there's also times to grind. And when you're just floating around an area, killing enemies, reset at the uh, at the what, the spot of grace. Yep. And then going back through, if you're just doing that over and over and over, which I've spent a couple of hours doing now, perfect time to load up an anime and just relax. You know, I should probably do that. You know what my biggest issue with Elden Ring is, at least for as far as how I'm playing it is? What's that? I have yet to sit aside any time for grinding. Oh, no. Because I'm a huge FromSoft fan. Like, I've played every Souls game, from Demon Souls up to Elden Ring and everything in between. Right. I have put so much time into grinding, especially Dark Souls 3. Have you heard my <laughs> Dark Souls 3 story? I have with not. With Slave Knight Gale? I have not. So... One of the DLC bosses goes by the name of Slave Knight Gale. He is the final DLC boss. And dude is the biggest douchebag of a character that I have ever had the displeasure of meeting. (laughs) I was stuck on that man. I shit you not for three months. Oh, God. I was stuck on this man for so long. I opened up that game. Every day or every other day for like two or three hours and would just sit down and try to beat him. I would grind and grind and grind, try to beat him, get my ass kicked, grind and grind again. For three months, Mm -hmm. I went through this. I finally beat him. You're supposed to end the main game of Dark Souls 3 at level 80. I defeated Gale at level 146. Oh, God. (laughs) I went into New Game Plus after I beat Gale. And slapped the first boss in one hit. Oh, shit. Yeah. I was that overleveled going into New Game Plus. Yeah. See, I almost I, cried whenever I beat that man. <laughs> I don't have a whole lot of experience with uh, the Souls games. Mm-hmm. So going into Elden Ring, I started, got my ass handed to me a couple of times. Then I had a friend introduce me to a little area where you could go and grind. It's very difficult at low levels, but it gets easier. 
Mm-hmm. So with the, I think I've, I, I want to say I've only got like maybe 15 or 20 hours into the game so far, mm-hmm. but at least half of that has been spent grinding and I'm, I haven't even beaten the first boss yet, and I'm already closing out on level 50. You're going to have an easy time with that first boss. Uh, no, because I suck at the game, and I'm struggling with it. I've tried to fight him, I think, eight times now, and I haven't gotten him below half health. No, no, you got this. I believe in you. <laughs> oh, I believe <laughs> I, I'll eventually get it. I just My main issue with Souls games is I can't get the fucking timing down to dodge so, out of the way. It one thing I will say now, this is just a word of advice from someone that has played every other Souls game to playing Elden Ring. Never roll out of the way in Elden Ring, roll into it. Okay, because so many people like it was a running joke in the Souls games for years, except for Sekiro. Sekiro is an entirely different ball game, but all the like true Souls games. It's always been roll away, roll away, roll away, roll around, roll whichever way you want to just roll away from the enemy. Mm -hmm. They made the AI in Elden Ring to where you cannot do that. You got to be more aggressive than usual, or you have to roll into them instead of rolling away. Okay. Because you, you just can't. So that, that is going to be my word of advice whenever it comes to that. That, that will come in handy when I'm playing Elden Ring on stream tomorrow. Hey, look at that. <laughs> but, all right. So, with that being your second offering, mm-hmm. you're also allowed to take with you my brain fried. What else do I have on the list of things that you can take with you? Uh, You can take with you a film. What film are you going to take with you? My wife's going to yell at me. But I have my reasons for this. Uh huh. Lord of the Rings, the Fellowship of the Ring. All right. Now, let why? Me, let me explain why. It is a masterpiece film. Mm-hmm. It is. It is. I love this movie with all of my heart. But I have seen it so many times that I can't get through the first half hour of the movie without falling asleep. Uh huh. I, I use this movie when I start getting insomnia and I can't get my eyes to close and it's one o'clock in the morning and I got to be up at four or five a.m. Mm-hmm. I put this movie on and within 30 minutes I'm out. But that's the specific reason why I want to bring it to a desert island, because if I can't sleep, I'm going to sleep. <laughs> I mean, totally understandable. I'm that way with Forrest Gump. So I get that. I, I can totally understand that. Yeah. All right. And now, before the final offering, before your last anime, you're allowed to take with you a video game. So what game will you be taking with you? Oh, that's so difficult. Mm. Just Just one specific game, right? One specific game. Although I will say, if you decide to go the Skyrim route, like Nick, I will give you just enough internet from Elon Musk Starlink to let you download mods, but not play online. Oh, I don't think I want to bring Skyrim. I've now. Don't get me wrong; I have pr- probably two thousand plus hours into Skyrim. Hmm beaten the game multiple multiple times i love it love it to death 
but I can't fire it up now for even more than 15 minutes. It just, I'm, I'm, I'm fucking sick of it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Understandable. So the one game that I would bring, it's, it's gotta be Minecraft. I can totally see that. Minecraft is a lovely game. I mean, just the, the, the ability to just be in an open sandbox to do whatever I want. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I I can grind out levels and upgrade all my gear, or I can just wander around the world, or I can you know build complex structures. I can fucking redstone. I mean, I, I've, this is all stuff that I can already do. Mm-hmm. But I mean, just the ability to or the the what's the word I'm looking for the the variability in that game just the, the ability to go from whatever playstyle you want to use and do whatever you want and make the game however you want fucking you can build your own mini games in Minecraft uh, I've I've seen it done you can make games that work mm-hmm. and, and I mean there's hundreds of different options there alone it's just you're you're only limited by your creativity in Minecraft and that's the thing about it. Minecraft has evolved to the point to where it's like you said, your only limitation is your own creativity because I've been playing Minecraft since it wasn't beta. I've been playing yeah. since like late 2010, early 2011. Yeah. So I, I totally get that without a shadow of a doubt. Minecraft is still without a doubt in my top five games of all time. And I, I will say if that offer still stands that I can have just enough internet to download mods, mm-hmm. then I don't have one game. I have 50 games just having Minecraft. Yeah. I mean, just downloading a, another mod pack completely changes the game. It makes it, it, it like it, you download a Skyblock, you're playing a brand new game. It's not just regular Minecraft anymore. It's a completely different game set. Mm-hmm. And you, know, you download one of these large mod packs that has the, magic mods and tech mods and it, it, again you're in a whole new game mm, the not the last minecraft server that nick did but the one before whenever i had my japanese paradise up on top of that mountaintop yeah that's hands down one of the most fun times i've ever had with minecraft just because of the limitless creativity that that mod pack had yeah like that just speaks to me i've played minecraft so much now to where normal like grinding and stuff doesn't necessarily do it for me mm-hmm. anymore unless I just am bored and the ADHD needs to hyperfixate that I can load into a game of Minecraft and just mine for hours and hours and hours. Yeah. And that's that, that used to be my, uh, my cathartic experience. Like if I was mm-hmm. stressed out and I just needed to be in my own head for a while to work shit out, then you load up Minecraft, you grab a couple of diamond pickaxes, you go down into the mines, and you can stay there for eight hours straight mm-hmm. and just do, 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 just break blocks. So my one of my best friends that passed away earlier this year, she and I, back whenever she was in dental school, we would stay up all night long. Whenever I had to work in the morning and she had to go to dental school, we would stay up 
all night long just mining down mountains because we were too fucking stupid to realize that you could start a flat world. <laughs> so we, we had a surfer on the PS4 to where we were building like a giant city. Like we built a huge fucking Pokemon stadium, a giant apartment complex. We had Taco Buenos because, you know, Taco Bell's trademarked. <laughs> so... <laughs> We had a strip club, like we had so much shit, but we had to tear down so many fucking mountains by hand. Mm -hmm. We were in creative, but still tear down by hand because we didn't think, hey, flat world. No, (laughs) no, no. And see, my my first experience with Minecraft, and I'm still proud of this to this day. So my first experience with Minecraft was when it was originally released on Xbox 360. Mm-hmm. So the the what do they call it? They call it Bedrock now, but it was the console version of Minecraft. It was like Minecraft 360 or whatever it was called at the time, right? Well, back when it was released, there was no there there was creative mode and there was survival mode. Mm-hmm. That's all you had. Yep. There there was no world edit. There was no uh, fucking redstone. Barely worked. Mm-hmm. Like you could do a couple of basic basic circuits but like nothing compared to what it was on uh java yeah java yeah um so jan and i my wife we both load into this world and we just start going at it over the course of one month completely in survival we ended up tearing down two mountains and building a 151 by 153 castle that we had to cut the top off of and reshape because it was at build limit. Oh no. Now I'm going to say that again for people who don't understand how big that is in Minecraft. This is 151 blocks wide by 153 blocks deep. Fully detailed castle. So to put that math in perspective, the amount of blocks that they had to destroy was somewhere to the equivalence of 23,103 blocks. Yeah. That's a lot of blocks. And that was all because there weren't enchanting tables either. Mm-hmm. So there's no efficiency. There's, there's no unbreaking. There's no nothing. This is all just straight diamond pickaxes that we mined, iron pickaxes when we ran out of diamonds, like we, we tore down two mountains and then when that, when we ran out of cobblestone there, because we did smelt all of this into stone as well. When we ran out of cobblestone up top, we went under where we were building the castle and mined all the way down to bedrock. Mm. The, the entire size of the castle, there was a six block gap of blocks that we left from the bottom of the castle to the top of our cavern. Everything below that was mined out as well. All in, all in survival, all just me and her with basic fucking tools. Mm. I mean, this was at towards the end of us building this castle. They introduced the nether just just to tell you how long ago that was. The nether didn't exist when we started. Mm. Uh, Those days take me back. Right. But I mean, in, in a matter of a month, you can imagine how much time we spent mining much less building. Oh, I can, I can 100% believe that I introduced an ex-girlfriend 
to <clears throat> Minecraft whenever we were dating. And as soon as I introduced her to it, she was hooked. <laughs> and she she wouldn't put it down. Like I swear every time we talked, I'd be like, Hey, what are you doing? Minecraft. Yeah. And she went from knowing nothing about the game to becoming just amazingly creative with the game. Like she made some of the most extravagant roller coasters I've ever seen. At I say that, at least for the time and what limited skill level she had at the time. So, which I realize now things are just absolutely nuts with the shit that you could do. But like I said, at the time and what skill level she had, it was pretty cool. Not gonna lie. Oh, yeah. So it's it's an endless rabbit hole and an endless level of creativity. So I I totally get that without a shadow of a doubt. Oh, yeah. All right. So your last and final offering of the anime that I will burn onto a DVD before I leave you stranded on this island for the rest of eternity. Ooh, number three. I've always had my top two. I've never really picked a number three. You know, like trying to categorize things into like a top five or top ten always sucks. And there was a while back whenever Blue asked me to try to come up with my top ten anime of all time. Just to try to come up with a list for the Instagram for the podcast. Mm -hmm. And it took me ages and now, after the introduction of my dress-up darling, my top ten needs to change again. <laughs> we see that. So, just as a little background, I, I grew up in South Louisiana, specifically around the city of New Orleans, mm -hmm. where they call it the culture melting pot for a reason. Like I've, mm -hmm. I've always been interested in a vast variety of different genres of everything music games movies everything like my, my music taste is heavily decided by the mood that i'm in that day mm -hmm. you know I, I can go from listening to the beatles to listening to pantera to listening to the trans-siberian orchestra to britney spears it doesn't matter i i, I will listen to anything Mm -hmm. And the same goes for the shows that I watch. So it, it makes it kind of extra hard. Like, of course there are my, my all time loves, which are Dragon Ball Z and princess Mononoke. Like those are my originals still love them to this day. Can watch them all the time. Mm -hmm. But now we're dipping into everything else. Mm -hmm. And that's what makes this so difficult. Cause I can list off probably eight different shows that I could possibly watch. Um, but I think I'm going to pick, it's a show that I, I, I haven't finished it completely yet, but I just watched it recently, like within the past couple of months. Hmm. And that was my hero academia. Excellent choice. That was also one of Nick's. I mean, was it, it one of Nick's? I know we talked about my hero a lot. Yeah. I can't remember if that was one of his picks because I don't think he was caught up. But we did talk about My Hero a lot. And it's an excellent choice because that's... My Hero's amazing. It really is. But one of the things that I love about it is it kind of follows the same beginning arc as Captain America. You have a scrawny pushover kid who's not special in any way. Mm. who is then given something to make him extraordinary. 
Mm-hmm. But his personality doesn't change. He's still that good, wholesome, help people, you know, friend everybody person deep down. And he carries that forward with him becoming this amazing hero. Mm-hmm. And that, that parallel, when I, when I first started watching the show, that parallel really drew me into it. Mm-hmm. And not only that, but for me, my hero is an accurate representation of if quirks or superpowers were an actual thing in real life and they worked in a similar way. That's the kind of society that we would have. Like it would be government regulated. People would have to get license licenses to be able to use their powers. Oh yeah. To be heroes or even use them in general just because of the damages that they can cause. Oh yeah. And I, I 100% believe that if a power like, uh, like all might's power that could be passed on through the transfer of bodily fluids or, body pieces, however you want to categorize it. The government would find some way to lock him down and start creating super soldiers. And <laughs> it, it would be the end of the fucking world. Eat this. <laughs> yeah. Luckily from, uh, I, I may be off on this, but from what I understand from my hero academia's world building, you can only pass on that power. If you intend to, Yes, at least as far as I know, because I'm completely caught up on the show. I'm starting to read the manga, but it is definitely something that can only be passed on through intention. Mm -hmm. Although there's been some very weird retconning with films that I get it. They're not canon, so on and so forth. Right. But the, the films make it not as black and white. It makes it a little bit gray. Okay. Yeah, because I... I'm I'm blanking on the specifics, but I, I want to say there was an episode where either um, God, I'm blanking on a whole bunch of stuff, but the the kids' blood or something got onto or into somebody else, and he was worried that All Might's power is going to pass on to that guy. Oh that yeah, the whole stain episode. Whenever that happened in season two, I think. No, it wasn't st- hmm. stain. Was it Stain? I think it was Stain. I think Stain did get Midoriya, but then Todoroki showed up, if I'm not mistaken. That might have been it. It, it, There was some kind of of transfer of of blood, saliva, something like that from one person or from from Midoriya to another person. And he was all bent out of shape. Oh, my God, they're going to get the powers. And they didn't because he didn't intend for them to get it. Mm. And that's for me, that's the canon. Yeah, I mean, it's how to my knowledge, that's as accurate as it can get just because it has to be passed on with intent. But again, I'm not caught up. There could be some very, very weird shenanigans going on in the manga that I'm unaware of. Right. Well, you let me know if you find out different in some manga, because I'm not going to read it. (laughs) I actually want to collect the manga because the again, shows that I love, I will eventually collect the manga of. Mm-hmm. My biggest finds right now, I'm trying to get through Food Wars because Food Wars is a lovely guilty pleasure anime of mine. If you like cooking, I highly recommend it. I do like cooking. I might need to check that one out. I'm going to write it down. Although, I will say, do not take the show for, for its first season. 
because it's very horny. I mean, very horny. But once you get past the first season, because I feel like the first season they were trying to push the boundaries with what they could get away with. But after that, they started really developing the plot, not the you know plot, but the actual st- story plot. Right. <laughs> and genuinely, the show got to the point to where it's in my top 10 anime of all time. Oh. Because the storytelling is just so well done. And also, I love to cook. Mm-hmm. And anything that makes food that delicious, but also can teach you how to cook food that delicious. The manga gives you actual recipes from the show. Oh. So I'm working through collecting all of the manga right now because there's some of those recipes that I really, really fucking want. But yeah, it, it's a show out. about making food that will make your clothes explode off. <laughs> That's good to know. What were we talking about again? My brain fried. Uh, My third choice. Oh, yeah. My, oh, hero, yeah. my hero. That's right. So what about my hero other than the Captain America bits draws you to it are you are you enjoying the animation style of it i actually really do enjoy the animation style it uh it's more cartoony than i normally go for Mm -hmm. or well more americanized cartoon than i normally go for yeah but Uh, it's very comic book styled as well with a lot of its stuff oh yes a lot of the action sequences are very comic book centric um and I I really do like the character development in it. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, watching All Might suffer through all of his issues while trying to mm-hmm. teach Midoriya to be the next All Might. Um, watching, oh my God, I'm blanking on his name. Who's the explosion kid? Bakugo. Bakugo. Watching him deal with his anger issues and how he uses that in battle and learns to overcome you know, his issues. Uh, mm. um, so how far along are you in the show? Are you completely caught up? I'm I'm not completely caught up. I think I've, I'm either close to finishing or have finished season four. Oh, so you've seen the overhaul fight. Overhaul. Refresh my memory. The dude with the beak mask. Yes. Yes, I have. How did it. you enjoy that? That was interesting. <laughs> I'm, I loved that whole story arc bit. Yeah. That fight was badass. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, that I'd say my, that bit was incredible. My, my favorite little chunk of the series so far was when they were in the uh, that, that superhero camp where they're off in the woods. Mm-hmm. And then the... I'm, I'm, I apologize for blanking on all names of characters and groups and everything but it's it's been a couple of months since i've touched the 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 series now you're good it's it's not fresh in my memory right now but i can help you through it the the training camp arc right so when the bad guys come in and they start Uh fucking everything up and the all the kids have to you know they were told you're not supposed to fight you're supposed to just run away and then they start fucking shit up and Mm mm-hmm and then uh, Midoriya's got to protect that one young kid, and he's finally really starting to learn how to control all for one. I finally mm-hmm. remembered the name of the fucking power. You mean one for all? I'm going to kill myself. I swear to God. <laughs> I didn't want to correct you, especially whenever you said that, but you followed it up with that. So I was like, oh, no, here we go. 
Okay, my weeb card is is withdrawn. No, <laughs> no, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna revoke your weeb card for that. Now, I, I, in my defense, I've never said that I'm the biggest anime fan. I'm very, very selective mm-hmm. of what animes I watch. And yeah. Probably overly selective because, like, I, I'll, like, I know that Demon Slayer is one of the most popular animes out right now, and I have very easy access to it. Can't bring myself to click play. Fuck it. Fuck that show. I, I just can't. I, I don't know why. I know it's good. I, I've heard it's good. Can't fucking do it. I mean, all right. If anything, you should watch it just solely for the OP because Lisa and Garenge, killer. No clue. But if you ever want an excuse, if you ever want like to do an anime watch along (laughs) night where you need ideas of stuff to like watch, and you just don't know, I'm always down. I'm down to watch anime about anything and everything. I don't give a shit. I'm making a list as we've been talking through this whole thing of animes that you've talked about that you've said are, are really good. Like Food Wars is on there. Demon Slayer is now on there. I'm, stuff I'm going to force myself to watch. Uh, I mean, so I'm sitting here looking at my manga shelf now of things that I can highly recommend. <laughs> <laughs> are you into sports anime at all? I've, or sports in general? I used to be. I'm not really into sports anymore. Like I'll, I'll watch highlight clips of football games, American football games, every once in mm-hmm. a while. But I, I don't go seeking it out, really. Would you be willing to give a sports anime a try? Sure. Why not? <laughs> Haikyuu. Haikyuu. Haikyuu is about men's volleyball, and it is genuinely one of the best anime I've ever seen. And it is what sold me on sports anime. It's so good, and if it tells you anything, all right, the third season is one whole volleyball match. Oh my god. And it had me on the edge of my seat for all fucking ten episodes. I've never been to a season of anime so quick in my life. I was that invested. <laughs> can so I, good. Can I express my true anime controversial opinion? Yes. Now... When I say this, remember that I've only seen like the first season of this show, uh-huh. but this is enough that that was enough for me to form a whole opinion on it. Jojo's Bizarre Adventure is ass. Don't you see me. Jojo is one of those shows that I truly believe is either an acquired taste or it's just such a niche show that it's for a very specific audience. Now, I know that everybody says it gets better like around the third season and whatnot. I don't have that much time to invest in a show yeah. like that. One Piece, I will never get around to watching. You can come at me for all you want. You can find me at Brad Carter Gaming on Twitch. I don't give a shit. <coughs> it's way too fucking long. I don't have time to watch a thousand episodes. I don't either. And now, JoJo's is I've, so bizarre. Just, I can't. <coughs> I've seen probably the first 200 episodes of... <clears throat> of naruto i just i can't go any further i'm and i'm so far behind at this point that i've given up like if people who love it more power to you i can't watch anymore mm-hmm. i just can't but yeah jojo's i will say i am tempted to go in and watch i think it's the third season it might be the fourth whichever one where matthew mercer voices jitaro Ooh, that would be good i, I might 
hop in and watch some episodes of that just because I'm a Matthew Mercer fanboy. I want to run my hands through his hair. I'm just, <laughs> just, just going to say that publicly right now. All right. You heard it here first. Go tag him on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I can, I can see where you're coming from. You see, I like Jojo's just because of the memes. Yeah. The meme clips out of that show, especially the cherry bit. Have you seen the cherry bit? I don't think I have. I will show you that after we're done recording. You're gonna get a great fucking laugh. <laughs> so that that's definitely that's definitely a thing. But for the memes solely, I'll I can see why people like it. If the entire show was like that, then I would be okay with it. But the fact that it's just bits here or there. It's it's just too bizarre for me. It, 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 to me, it's it's not even the bizarreness of it. For me, it was the writing. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I've I've only seen the first season, but the way that the characters speak, and it's it's not their tone, and it's not you know the the it's it's not even their vernacular really. It's it's the repetition of what they're saying because mm-hmm. they say the same things over and over. Are you, I take it you're watching the dub of it, right? Uh, no, I watch the sub. Oh, okay. And I was going to say, the memes of everything that I actually like about JoJo's, only watch the sub. <laughs> yeah, no, I, 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 I watch the sub, actually. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I watch the sub. But okay. it, it just... It, dude, it was infuriating trying to get through the episodes that I did did watch like I just yeah. I could not continue anymore and I, I, I'm I'm sorry if people hate me for it but it's a trash show and I won't even give it another chance uh, like I said I, I'll, I might go and watch some of Matthew Mercer's stuff just to support him that's as far as it's gonna go nah mate whenever it comes right down to it you are entitled to your own opinion this is your episode you are allowed to have whatever opinions you would like because everybody in the anime community is entitled to their own opinions and valid. Absolutely right. Except for those that think the sub of Dragon Ball is better, you can fight me. <laughs> <laughs> that is the biggest hill I am willing to die on. That's what I'm saying. All right. So, with your third and final offering being out of the way, before we go into the plugs, do you have anything else you would like to talk about as far as anime is concerned? Any shows you would like to recommend to the audience? Um, One that I didn't say that I would take to the island with me, but one that I definitely recommend to everybody is mm-hmm. One Punch Man. Season one or season two? Yes. <laughs> It it doesn't matter. One Punch Man, it it really holds a special place in my heart. Mm-hmm. The goofiness of that character, Saitama, and then just going straight into the dead stare, you know, you're going to die right now. Especially, I, I want to say it was the end of season one when he's fighting the big rhinoceros guy in the lab. Yeah. That scene alone is worth watching the entire fucking series when he that bit the mosquito bit <laughs> yes the mosquito bit bit is amazing as well but he's sitting there he's getting bounced off the walls he's getting punched and a, a normal person any other hero in this fucking universe would be destroyed by these punches mm-hmm. and he's just sitting there 
wandering or, or you know finally realizing that he missed discount day at the grocery store and then he just blows the fucking dude up with one hit just the fuck it's so goddamn stupid but it's hilarious to watch him go through it dude just relatable as all hell so i can i can get that like everybody would be pissed if they missed bargain day at the store right so i I 100% get that. So dude, dude is 100%. And then he's relatable. He's, he's treated by like such an unknown clown by all the higher tiered uh, heroes around him. Like nobody mm-hmm. knows who he is. Like who the fuck is this? He's a C tier. What is he doing here with all the S tiers? And he's, uh, oh God, I'm blanking on another name is, is the guy he mentors. Ah, oh, fuck you. I can remember it until you bring it up, and now I'm blanking. I, I oh. see his face. The android guy. We'll just go with that for right now. Yeah, sure. Android 17. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, like he's the only one who apparently realizes that Saitama is the most powerful one out of anybody in this universe. And it's it's, it, it's hilarious. It, well, a lot of the other S-tier class heroes recognize him as that, too. They're just too built up in their own pride to kind of realize it. Yeah. Well, they some of them get there eventually. Like, uh, yeah. uh, the the older guys, like Wolf Fist or something like that. Yeah. And, uh, and there's a couple of other ones. But, yes, a, a lot of the fights are... And I'll be honest, the... This is actually now hilarious to me. I never wanted to watch One Punch Man because I learned the premise of it. Uh-huh. And it seemed like the most uninteresting show that could be imagined. So yeah, if you explained it to somebody, it does sound stupid like as it, all it, hell. To me, and I I'm going to start another fight here, but to me when the premise was first told to me, it sounded like Superman and I'm not a Superman fan at all. I don't like Superman because yes, he's the most powerful fucking person in the universe. And Oh my God, there's somebody stronger than him. What happens? Oh, look, Superman's now stronger for fucking Deus Ex Machina reason, whatever. Blood armor. Right. And that's what it sounded like to me. It's like, okay, so one punch man, he can kill, he can defeat anybody with just a single punch. How is that interesting? But then you watch the show and it is one hilarious. Mm-hmm. And two, a couple of times it takes him more than one punch, which does sound stupid. Cause that's what was said to me. So I was like, well, well, there's a couple of fights. It takes him more than one punch. And I was like, okay, but eventually he gets them with a fucking punch. Like it's, it's still, it's not stupid. I'm telling you, it's not fucking stupid. This show mm-hmm. is amazing. Especially well, it's because Nin- Saitama is so used to just, ending people with one punch he underestimates people yeah because the way the creator of one punch man wrote him is that we're so used to seeing battle shonens with people having to progress to whatever they get to they are to where we never really get to see the end game yeah saitama is written from the end game like there is nowhere else for him to go he cannot push his limits any further he is just the strongest period and because of that because of his reason for wanting to become a hero He's just fucking bored. Yeah. Yeah. He, he became a hero for fun. Like that, that's his whole thing. He's a hero for fun. And now that he is, he's still bored. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's hilarious. But yeah, I love it. If you want another show that was written by the same creator as One Punch Man, you mm-hmm. should check out Mob Psycho. Mob Psycho. That's going on. Think of One Punch Man, but with psychic powers and much more psychedelic, but prettier animation. And while we're making suggestions, my other high level suggestion for anime to anybody who's interested in it, Seven Deadly Sins on Netflix. If you haven't watched it, it is, it's very slow moving as far as like the pacing of the series. Mm-hmm. but really well written, really well animated, and really, really interesting. You see, I will agree with you, at least for season one. I'll give you that. And I think it's just because growing up with 90s anime, I feel like I don't like dealing with power scaling now, which is pretty much Seven Deadly Sins season two on. Yeah. <laughs> so, and I... I get it. Power scaling can be good from some instances. And again, if you like it, that's valid. It's just for me, I couldn't do it past season one. I just, uh, I enjoyed past season one. I, again, I'm not fully caught up. I haven't watched the entire series, but mm-hmm. what I have watched, I've really enjoyed. It's, it's yeah. very interesting concept as far as the, the character developments and mm-hmm. The backstories for everything. Very, very interesting. And I love the fact that it's an anime set in like medieval times. Like it's, Mm -hmm. but it's like modified anime medieval times. So it's not like strictly knights and swords. I mean, there is that stuff, but it's hyper stylized. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love settings like that. And I definitely see the appeal for Seven Deadly Sins. Mm hmm. And I know everybody that's seen it loves it. So I I get it. I see why people like it. Right. But yeah, th- those are my top picks. Excellent. Excellent. Also, okay. if if you want to go with old school anime, you're just looking for a movie just to shit yourself with, mm-hmm. Ninja Scroll. Why do I feel like I've heard of this? If If you've never seen Ninja Scroll, then you haven't seen good late 90s anime that title sticks in my brain for some reason i'm gonna have to go google this afterwards oh it's it it is one of my all-time favorite anime movies Mm -hmm. it is so good but i I will say trigger warning uh if you go to watch it there there is a scene that involves rape so Mm. definite trigger warning on that Mm. um but outside of that Great, great movie. Yeah, I'm trying to... I feel like I've heard of this. My brain is drawing a blank, but I I feel like I've heard about this film. Go find it. Go watch it. Go enjoy it. I'll add it to the list. (laughs) All right. So, with that being said, with the episode winding towards a close, plug all the things that you have. Tell all the people why they should follow you, where they can follow you. Oh, all social media you can pretty much find me at jstorm2020 uh i am i had taken a short break but i'm about to get back to streaming you can find me at twitch.tv slash jstorm2020 i mostly stream during the week in the evenings uh start around 4 4 30 central time and go until i can't go anymore because day job mm-hmm. uh, but that's me <laughs> 
go follow the homie. He deserves it. Dude's a fantastic COD player and just overall great. Really cool dude. Really chill. Got adorable doggos. Does have that. So definitely, <laughs> definitely follow him. Also build up channel points and make him work out on stream. Cause why not? <laughs> I do need to do more of that. Somebody come help me stay in shape. Yeah. So stick around, make him do all the workouts. Cause <laughs> why not? That's what I'm accumulating channel points for. There we go. And with plugs to be made, you can find the podcast at www.bnbanime.com. Also on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash bnbanime, where we have backlogs of our entire catalog of shit. We'll probably make a separate playlist for these particular episodes whenever I'm not feeling lazy, or I might make our producer do it. Who knows? Sorry. Anyway, <laughs> you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at bnbanime, especially the Instagram, because we like to post anime memes. Go go check that out with that being said i think i think that's all the plugs i got john thank you so much for joining me on this episode it has been an absolute pleasure to have you my friend it really has thank you so much for having me of course of course you're more than welcome back on anytime although we'll have to reconfigure the rules on (laughs) that but with that being said thank you so much for joining me enjoy your stay on the island i will check in with you at some point in the near future And with that being said, I'll catch you all next time. Bye-bye.